The wait is over. Over. Tell everyone you know. This is the key to your weekend. You're listening to Three Grams and a Mic podcast live from Australia. A new perspective on professional sports with your hosts, Cal, Axel, and Cotto. Click, listen, and enjoy. G'day, I'm Graham Cotton and welcome to the Three Grams and a Mic podcast. I'm joined by co-hosts, co-hosts, I keep doing it every week, Graham Kelly and Graham Foley. Welcome, Kel and Axel. Hello, gents. How are you this fine, chilly afternoon? Oh, it was pretty good until uh, my horse lost a couple of minutes ago. Mm, the bet of the week didn't even make it to the show. No. no. So we had a little wager, the one we normally have at the end of the, the show. I decided to do ahead of the show with... Uh, Horse Melody Bell and the Wink Stakes uh, finished close to last, so we won't talk much more about that. And just an update on the bet from last week: it was uh, four from four on the multi, paid two thirty six. I pay, I, I I think so. It's uh, it was a nice little learner that Cotto's Cotto's seem to be spending <laughs> that blew very it straight quickly. away. <laughs> oh, I think there's someone saving our bacon here, Cotto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not holding the fort up. No. So other news, I just thought I'd touch on after last week's episode, we had a number of people listen to it. There was some audio issues that uh, we couldn't resolve in time for this week's show, but um, believe it or not, we had a number of technicians working on it. So we'll move on to this week's, but there was discussion about culture last week and I noticed an interesting story this week from an Olympian medalist, Niall Wilson. Uh, He's alleged culture of abuse exists in British gymnastics and uh, says athletes are treated like pieces of meat. I thought it was relevant given we spoke at length about culture within organisations. And uh, he mentions uh, like a raft of Australian gymnasts who recently spoke out against systemic abuse. Um, He was inspired by a Netflix documentary which I've watched called Athlete A and it details a horrific abuse of young girls in particular by um, officials and... um, not just in verbal abuse, but physical abuse as well. So it's a pretty horrendous show when you think about the the context of it all, but it also showed the politics behind it and how they um, held people back from making Olympian team, Olympic teams if they spoke out and all this sort of stuff. There was all sorts of politics behind it. It wasn't great. Um, and he described it. It's a culture of abuse that he's lived and breathed with for more than 20 years. It's, it's interesting, gymnastics. It's always been seen as one of the the harder sports I think that uh, coaches have on particularly um, the, you know, the, the people involved in it. Mm. Um, and I wonder if it's because there's such a sh- seems to be a, sh- it's a short window with gymnasts. Like if they're 16, 17, 18, they're nearly over the hill. No, the um, common each had that, that very problem. Her coach gave up on her because she started to grow as a woman and that was supposedly the end of her. Yep. The yeah. greatest ever. So yeah. they're in their prime, in their yeah. in their in teenage their years, yeah. Yeah. and to be able to, to to discipline someone to try and do it the correct way when they're so young, mm. um, and they don't have the emotional capacity, I don't think, too, to to take a lot of those things on board. I, I think that's maybe got a bit to do with it. I don't know, but gymnastics seems to be one all the time. Yeah, and I think, I, uh, and Kel mentioned Nadia Comaneci. She also, I I believe, and it was in this story. Um, uh, I guess attracted a lot of the Europeans to these other countries that tried to get these gold medals because they saw saw her coach, for example, and people that were in that coaching team. They attracted them to America. 
cracked into Australia. There's a lot of European coaches in, in gymnastics around the world. How has the culture survived for so long, though? Because it's forever. I mean, that, 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 that's not a – it's a shocking story. It's not a surprising story. Mm. No. Well, that's, so, <laughs> yeah, that's a more on us, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, on us or, or the gymnastics community – have let it continue because is gold worth more than a life or, or yeah. lives that are all the pain pa- that they suffer on the way yeah, through? Yeah. yeah, that's right. And I think that's the story behind it is that it's hidden and that the the abuse and all that is put aside and ignored, perhaps in the pursuit of gold. And it's such a fine line between success and failure in that sport, well, really, isn't it? And what what gets me too is it, like that discipline they go through and so forth. But it's still subjective at the end. You've got, yeah, to the you've judge. got a judge yeah. going, nah, 6.2. <laughs> nah. I mean, the, uh, the stories, and I, I think it was an ABC story many, many years ago, like I'm talking about maybe 10, 20 years ago, where even at the Institute of Sport here in Australia, that the coaches um, were somehow um, suppressing um, – Girls going through menopause. Oh, uh, not menopause. They are a bit older. Sorry, fifty-five-year-old gymnast. But you know what I mean. They they suppressed all their their growth and um, in all their hormones. It was the way that they were treated at the time. Uh, there's all this sort of stuff in trying to keep them younger, uh, you know, more flexible, all that sort of stuff. Whether that's true, I don't know how that all works. But and that was brought over from European um, teachings, I guess. Horrendous. Hmm. We'll move on. So in Rugby League news, uh, there's debate right now about Cameron Smith, the um, captain of the Melbourne Storm and former Queensland player and some say the best player to ever play Rugby League. I disagree. Um, Gold Coast, Brisbane, Melbourne or retirement, Kel? I've got a feeling he's going to one of those two Queensland clubs. So he'll have one or two more years and then bail out, make his coin and... Perhaps coach down the track, maybe? Yeah. I don't, I, or media? I don't know how he goes to the Titans. They're talking about that being a great fit and the league would love that. A bit like the Gold Coast in the AFL are showing some spark this year and the league are just so happy that the club sitting on the Gold Coast is up and going. But it, they've just signed Fafida for what, 1.2? Yep. But they're probably going to. I think Taylor comes off contract this year. Ash Taylor's on one million or so, so he comes off contract. So perhaps they don't re-sign him. I wouldn't. Jamal Fogarty's playing better than him. Yep, and he's uh, probably on about hundred thousand. Gold Gold Coast makes perfect sense to me. Um, It it's a bit like what Hawthorne did with Luke Hodge and Sam Mitchell towards the end of their career. Let them go and get a payday somewhere else, but it meant they could keep. Younger players coming through. I think why the Broncos are in a bit of a tailspin at the moment, this is the perfect time to really make bold moves for the Gold so, Coast. So back in the day, you know, just you guys, are, you guys are more over rugby league than me, but a similar thing would have happened with Wally Lewis back in the day, correct? He went from the Broncos to the Gold Coast to try and... You know, pick the Gold Coast up, bring some young people through. I think he pretty um, much got punted from the Broncos, and though. He did. Did and he? Cut him. Yep. Last captain coach. So was yeah, the, the guy, yeah right. was the was he? Uh, I don't believe he was seen successful at the Gold Coast. Maybe because it was a 
fledging club or was his career? He wasn't finished? successful at the Broncos either. He was at the Wally back. Lewis? He was really past his prime. Yeah. At the Broncos, I, whereas I, Smith's still in his prime. He's still playing well enough. I, yeah, I, yeah. I went and saw the Broncos play the Chooks, the footy uh, Broncos, uh, the Seagulls. I think they were at the time, or they could have been the Giants or whatever incarnation of the Gold Coast they were. Yeah. And Titans was, now, guys. I watched Wally Lewis. We won the game, but Wally Lewis was amazing. Just the way he took the direct traffic, the, yeah, yep. the team around the field. Yep. Um, and Cameron Smith will bring those same skills yeah. really well. And and then the leadership side of it. He could potentially set that club up for a long, long time. Yep. He's also got a good relationship with Mal Meninga. You know, they're a long time successful as a combination there in the Queensland team. So, so there the might be some merit yeah. to this story. Is there up and coming underneath him that he's keeping out of a spot? In Melbourne. In Melbourne. There's two of them. Is there? Yeah, yeah probably Brandon, more. Brandon Smith and Harry Grant. Yeah. Um, so the risk is that they go to another correct. club to try and get... In fact, Harry yeah. Grant's contract says if Smith plays on next year, he's, he can move. Yeah, and I bet you the Tigers and every other club is really hoping that happens. Yep. They really so, it, like, it, like you mentioned AFL and, and Hawthorne have done a good job over the years actually in... In not having too many older uh, players on their list and moving them on, like you know, you yeah. know, look at what the guys have done up in in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, in in players, uh, season players going up there at the end of their career and bringing bringing them on, and that's probably the reason that Brisbane's actually successful in the in the AFL at, at this year anyway and last year. Um, a similar thing doesn't seem to happen in rugby league. Would that be right? Yep. Correct. I, think. Yep. I, I don't know the the real reason, probably about the desire to win um, is greater than the desire to grow. And so they chase success so hard sometimes that they they make, say the Gold Coast is a perfect example, in the previous years they've purchased a number of players over and above what they probably should have in the, in the hope of buying at least a, a finals campaign, which they haven't had for a long time, if ever. <laughs> they ever made it once? Once, I think. Yeah, the, I'm a pretty sure. Yeah. yeah, but uh, w- one of the things the um, the players that have gone to other clubs of off in, in the AFL have gone with a transition plan into coaching, like Sam Mitchell when he went to the West Coast. It was a play turn into a coach type deal. Because um, not many players that go straight into coaching in, in rugby league, is there? Um, there, well, there is. I just not, you not don't you don't hear about assistance? them. I mean, you you, you think about um, Todd Payton, Jason Riles, Craig Fitzgibbon, um, a lot of those guys. Are they're ten them. years in retirement. Yeah, but Fitzy's been around forever at the Roosters. He, he wouldn't have had long off between playing and coaching. I wouldn't have thought he was never going to leave there. He's always getting good cash mm. on the side. So the Roosters have you know got a successful era there at the moment. And normally, what you try and do is keep that going as long as you can with that core group of players that you know they're potentially around a similar age group too when they're in their you know mid to late twenties. They're seasoned footballers, and you try and get as many premierships as you can. And then it gets to a point where ooh, we can't, the mix is not right between the old and the new. So you're you're bringing in new, and you've you've got to say, oh, I think. Think you might be at the end of your tenure. We're going to have to let they, so they don't let them all go at once, obviously. But over a number of years, they so. And it, but it doesn't seem to happen in league as much as what it does in rules yeah. with those really successful era clubs that have that have been 
you know, sustain success for yep. four or five years. Yeah, you, you have a look though. Um, it probably happens a bit earlier. Um, you look at Melbourne and the Kevin Proctors and he came from there originally. From Melbourne, yeah. Yep. Um, the um, Cronquins Roosters. Yeah, um, you had uh, Adam Blair's. It was brilliant for Melbourne, but you'd never buy a Melbourne Ford because once they, they're out of the Melbourne system... Yeah, they struggle, uh, yeah. don't they? Um, the Roosters, let Latrell go. Um, yeah, the year. So they are letting them go. Maybe maybe not just the guys towards the end of their career. They're actually doing it earlier. Earlier. Where they're saying, we can't do this with a salary cap, so... I think it might have a bit more to do with the system too. So you've got... The AFL, you've got a junior um, draft, so your younger players coming through that have been developed. So that, that that's where I was getting at before about the, the growth mentality worth the chase of chase of performance and success has been the two difference. What? So you you look at Western Bulldogs run there now, you know, you've got them, you've got other other teams that have developed young players and taking the time to do it. Your ability to move in the AFL at a younger age is restricted mm. as well. Yeah. As League, right. yes, it's fluid. Yeah, you can move yeah. from the time you're 17. Yes, um, yeah. No, it's interesting discussion. Well, what, you can actually move a couple within weeks, a season. A couple of weeks, we'll look at maybe how that all is different. Yeah, salary caps and stuff, or maybe even grassroots development, all the way through pathways, that sort of yep. stuff. Uh, Tavita Pengai put out an apology <laughs> in the last few days, um, or last night actually, and the last night not for. Uh, not before, I think. Yeah, so in the last couple of days. Um, this is after he, oh, he apologised for snubbing the NRL's biosecurity protocols uh, early this month and he fights to keep his contract at the embattled club. 24-year-old said he uh, the phone call he made to Sydney Roosters boss Nick Politis was not about seeking support. Oh, sorry, was about seeking support. <laughs> I think it wasn't about it, but anyway. <laughs> not trying to get out of his deal at the Broncos. Oh, Disgusts. Thing. It's it's hard to accept. What, what excuse has he got now, yeah. Gee, Kelly? <laughs> Kelly's, all, Kelly's looking for an excuse. Well, he's just a no. misunderstood young man. I'll tell you, the most popular person on our podcast today is Nick Politis. <laughs> <laughs> comes up We're going to get him on the show, I reckon. He's going to no, have a chance Nick. to defend himself. No, Nick, he'd be right. No, apparently, last time I'd be scared. Last time Pangai said anything about this, it was he only rang Uncle Nick to. Bag him for selling his Broncos shares. I just I struggle with this. Apo- I struggle when someone makes an apology that they didn't want to make before, but now they realise how serious the consequences are. Mm. So they've thought, "Oh bugger, I better make an apology, <laughs> otherwise I'm six hundred and fifty grand out of pocket next yeah. year and the year after." Yeah, it's interesting. He said I did um, about his breaches. Um, they they questioned why, you know, how many times he'd done. He said, "Oh yeah, I did it a few times." Uh, I admitted that in my interview with the NRL Integrity Unit. Yeah, well, you didn't admit it on TV when you were asked. You didn't care when you weren't getting caught. And he told the NRL that he wouldn't promise that he wouldn't do it again. Yeah. So. Uh, he's, he's got very little, I would have thought, credibility here. How, uh, how many clubs would pick him up? The Roosters have said no. Mm. And is that, is that why he's apologised? Because they've put yeah. the feelers yeah. out there and, oh, there's yeah. not too many people yeah. interested. Yeah. I, better, I better backtrack here. He was, yeah, he, he's he's cold, but, I mean, on his best day, he's probably one of the better top I don't know, 20 or 30 players in that position or in forwards. 
So he'd be, yeah, be interested. They'd be interested in. So the Broncos did they tear up his contract or supposedly tear up his contract oh. only because of the breach or uh, was they couldn't wait to get rid of him? Something else going on. Yeah, I think they yeah. were happy to get rid of him. <laughs> but the Broncos watched the breach notice to him. Yeah, that's, that, that's mind you. I that's wouldn't amateurish. be. I wouldn't be hanging my hat on anything the Broncos do at the moment. No, nothing seems to be the right decision, does no. it? Lot not working for them. Yeah. So the other, uh, we also have a big fight coming up um, on Wednesday night. Costas, you son Tim and Jeff Horn, uh, the you know very good Australian fighters going head to head, which we haven't had for a long time. So since Denny Green and Mundine. So looking forward to that fight, gents. Yeah, well, these guys are, they're in their prime at least. Oh, I'd, I'd like to see Zoo win, um, but I think he's up against a pretty resilient, tough opponent in Horn. Um, mm. I think the smart money should be on Horn, to be honest. Um, not that I'm giving Kel any tips for his, <laughs> for his, for his, for his oh, he betting. He needs help. He needs help. help. The, the, the bookies have got Zoo. Yeah, in front. I think this. Like I said, I think the smart money would, would go with Horn. Do you remember that? Um, guy, remember, guys, many many years ago, around my house around here, we had a, a Costas you Zuma Nelson was it fight? I think it was. I think that been. was the fight. Yeah, it was a big fight of the fight time. Zuma Nelson. Oh, no, Jeff Fennick used to fight Jeff there. Yeah, sorry, yeah. it was someone else. But anyway, we, oh, we had a big night. As you go along. <laughs> no, 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 we had a night. We got on main main event. Remember, it was sort of the big thing at the time. Got around a main event. We got around and it lasted like about. A minute? Wasn't that a Tyson fight? Nah, don't think uh, it was Tyson. that might have been when he fought. Uh, oh, that was over in America. Yeah, and he fought. Um, oh, his name will come to me. Where yeah, he, yeah, he yeah, really threw the threw the dollies out of the cot and um, yeah, yeah, yeah threw Zab the chairs Zab around Zab Judah. Zab Judah oh, knocked him yeah. knocked him in the first round. Yeah, it was all over in yep. minutes. Yeah, it was like yeah, that was a that was a great cost fight. us about. I don't know. It'll cost me sixty yep. dollars or something. It was over in about a minute. Yeah, no, he's uh, we got drunk. Zoo's old man was uh, he was a very good fighter. I saw him. I saw oh, him boxed yeah. out in Melbourne, I think, yeah. against uh, uh, Jesse James Layer, I think it was, mm. and that was at uh, uh, the old Telstra Stadium or Eddie Had Stadium now, and it was um, yeah they had that packed. Yeah, and I still remembered uh, Johnny Famijon shuffling oh, yeah. down to his seat because he was obviously riddled with. Um, you know, Parkinson's, or I'm not yeah. quite sure what he had, but um, he was such well respected in that ring. Like everyone applauded when he got to mm. his seat. It was, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, he was the, moving, yeah. him and Jeff Fenning, yeah, they used to, yeah. Jeff Fenning actually was um, inducted into the Hall of Fame top 12 in the world for his weight division. Is it welterweight? He was I'm trying to remember, but anyway, he was re- uh, just I recently thought, inducted. I he was in bantamweight. He Something might have been like less that. than welterweight. Yeah, no, he yeah. wasn't welterweight. Yeah, so anyway, he just got inducted in the Hall of Fame, World Hall of Fame in the last, um, for that for that division just okay. recently. So that's a pretty big honour. Yeah, he was a good fighter. Robbed a lot. No, that'll be – I'm looking forward to that on Wednesday. Best fighters what? come out of Russia. Is that right? Tell me. No, you tell me your, your best fighters. I'm, I'm on Kostya Zoo and Ivan Drago. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of the name, but uh, you got me. Um <laughs> So in the basketball, NBA draft was held this week. So Minnesota Timberwolves, which is uh, Shane Hill's old Alamata, picked up the number one pick in the draft. And then Golden State, who were already stacked, got the number two pick. So they had a number of players injured and therefore their season was a bit like if, if they tanked. I was going to say get some really high yeah, pick. Yeah. 
But um, they were legitimately out injured, but um, just turned out that they're going to benefit pretty, pretty well over the next um, period of time. So, what else we got here? I'm just trying to get. Oh yes, so we're up to the fella about uh, going through their Indigenous round this this week, and I thought it's been an opportunity to look at a couple of different things. And the first thing I want to look at is our top three Indigenous sports persons here in Australia, and why. Well, actually. Well, before we go any further, Cotto, mm-hmm. um, Indigenous Round inspired me to do a bit of research and learn a bit more about Indigenous culture, which is good. I'm sure that's what they want. Yeah. Um, culture that's oldest living culture goes back about 60,000 years, yep. which is, a, I remember that because it's about the same as Axel's weekly pay packet. <laughs> <laughs> and annual pay packet. Is that the one you were writing for him when you were at AMG? Yeah, and he took a pay rise when he left. So. <laughs> oh, he just brought in the family, that's enough. Yeah, so before we get going, uh, a few Indigenous sports people questions. Who was our first Indigenous test cricketer? Well, I thought it was Jason Gillespie. Only, I would say only test cricketer. Correct. Well, yep. First one from one. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the only one I'll bet you I know. First world title holder. Uh, Lionel Rose, I'll go. Boxing. Well done. Yeah, he goes way back. Yep. What weight did he fight? Oh, Bantam weight. Yep. He was only a little fella. Who did he beat first? Oh, time. come on. Uh, everyone knows <laughs> fighting Harada. Yeah, Japan's yep. fighting Harada. Yep. Never ever defend uh, won a won a title a championship bout in Australia. First. To represent Australia in two sports? Uh, There's a few. Gee, well, there's Paris but there'd be plenty before her. Definitely in league and union there would have been um, a few. I think it was Andrew Walker. Was, did he play uh, yeah, league, yeah, no. league and union? Oh, you're saying representing Australia? Sorry, correct. Representing Australia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, none of the other boys played league. Um Got it. I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, right. Paris Nevo. Paris Nevo. Yeah. What go. did she represent in? Uh, hockey, hockey and athletics. Correct. Mm-hmm. First to captain Australian team. International team or? An Australian team. I suppose no. it's international, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> was Mark Eller captain? One of the other boys he was captain? He was. Mark Eller was captain. Is that the answer? No. No, you get back further than that, I think. Ooh, that's a tough one. Not much uh, further Ed, back. Uh, so, captain A side or yep. an any, Australian? Any, any Australian side. Uh, oh, Australian side. Yeah. So, into so it could like be green and gold. Yeah, okay. Not. No, nah, not Paramount. AFL or, or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah no. okay. Uh, is there a test? No, it's not Gillespie. No, don't know. Half a game, Artie. Artie Beaton. Yeah, Artie Beaton. Yep. I knew he was the first. Last one. First Socceroo captain. Uh, would uh, what's her name? Kerr for the, the women's. No, nope. no. There is a female goalkeeper as well. Um, male or female? Either. <laughs> no, I'm asking. Is it male or male. is it? It's male. No, I don't know. I don't know my soccer players. I thought oh. someone would throw Archie Thompson out. No, but it's not him. 
He's never captain anyway, did nah, he? No, I wouldn't have thought so. Scored a lot of goals, though. His player? No, Archie. Oh, yeah. No, Jade North. Oh. Wow. Would never have been. Former Newcastle player. Was he? Hmm. Yep. Hey, um, while you're on that, though, who was the name of para, Paralympian? Just one. I know one. I'm Paralympian. I'm just reading it now. Ugh. This person won gold, silver and bronze in Michael. the 1984 New York Paralympics. New York? Mm. New York Paralympics? He was the first Indigenous Australian to win a Paralympic gold medal. New York? In Paralympics, yeah. The Paralympics. They normally go side by side, but back in 1984 they must not. Because that's actually, that's actually where the para for Paralympics comes from. It means it runs parallel. 84 yeah. LA? 84 yes. was LA. Yep. Yeah, um, Carl Lewis. Yep. Yeah. Ben Johnson? That's not the answer, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, this guy's name is Peter Kirby, just for Didn't know that. Info, yeah. There you go. So, top three Indigenous people, we're back to that. Axel, how about you top go first? Top three Indigenous sports people. Yeah. Okay. Kel's done all the research, but... Um, just, so, it's, it's an interesting one because how do you... What do you define as top... Does top mean the best at their sport or is it the... Or is it their overall community involvement yeah. and contribution? Yeah. Athleticism, yeah. You know, um, commitment to the, yeah, the flag, so whatever, I don't know. Well, I, I suppose I, I'm pretty biased towards AFL because that's what I follow and, and Nicky Winmar, I think, back in the day and... and with the abuse that he used to he was cop, oh, yeah. uh, he was particularly brave. at Victoria Park when they were playing Collingwood and those type things, and that scene. You keep bringing Collingwood up. Every club is abusive that I've been to. Not as much as Collingwood. <laughs> You've only <laughs> been to Collingwood, though. So, <laughs> no, so I, think, I think Winmar was definitely um, one that, you know, that uh, iconic photo where he pulls up his Guernsey and points towards the colour of his skin. skin. I yeah, think that which was is recently shown, wasn't it? Pretty ironic. Uh, iconic, sorry. And, um, yeah, I'd, so I'd, I'd put him in there. Um, you know, I know Kel's got a list a mile long. The, the, the first one you think of really is probably Kathy, Kathy Freeman and, and what she did for Australian sport back in the, in the uh, Olympic Games in 2000 with the amount of pressure and to come out and perform and that that's pretty that'll be etched in Australian sporting history that was that forever. was yeah. <clears throat> I reckon there are two things I really liked about that because the pressure she ran under as you said was I, I don't think any Australian sports person's been under that much pressure mm, and I the agree. fact when she won she grabbed both flags yeah and took them around yeah. um, that was really good that that was I think a great thing for the nation in terms of recognising both cultures yep. and trying to bring both cultures together um, so that we've got one, not, not many. I'd agree. And I think the, the last one is, is a current one. I think Ash Barty is the way that she conducts herself. I think she's, yes, she's only young and she's got a long career ahead of her, but I think the way that she started and I think, you know, you know the... It's been a long time since we've had a really top Australian tennis player, women's tennis player, mm. that can perform at the top level as well as she does. And I think people really respect the way that she conducts herself on the court, on and off the court. Yeah, really. I agree. Um, yep. A great ambassador for, for young uh, young girls in general and young yep. sports people in general, not just uh, 
indigenous sports people. I think it's she's great to watch her play tennis, but it's even greater to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah she is. She's awesome. Yep. So that's, that's I'd, yeah, I'd good three, three. Good choices. Yep. Yeah. Kel? Well, um, my daughter. I asked my daughter, and um, she answered very quickly that um, it is simply Buddy Franklin, and there is no debate. <laughs> <laughs> and if there is, Suriel is the only one to, to answer that. She um, brainwashed. She cried her eyes out as a ten-year-old when Buddy went to the Swans. Bald, still tears <laughs> up when you mention it today. Me, oh, I've got a few. I, I narrowed, Three. narrowed it down to yeah, okay. Three. You have a couple of. Roughly. You obviously had nothing to do at work yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Ah, this was this was this morning's. This was either talk to Kerry or do this. He's <laughs> 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 making sure Kerry gets a copy of this. <laughs> she will get a copy. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd put Artie Beatson in there. Um, for what he did in the game as a player, a um, couple of premierships with the Roosters, first captain of the Australian team, went on, basically created the Origin legend by smacking his teammate in the first Origin game. Then he went on and coached. Um, I mean, he played 233 NRL games, 18 New South Wales, 3 Queensland, 29 for Australia. Then he coached 192 NRL games, 16 Queensland games and one Australian. And the work he and Tommy Rodonigas did for grassroots was huge. Yeah. Um, Mark Eller, honourable mention, but um, I reckon Lionel Rose um, I'd have up there. Yep. Um, 53 fights, 42 wins, 12 KOs. Australian Bantamweight champion at 18, world champion at 19. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. But my number one is Yvonne Gulag on Crawley. The Crawley, not Crawley. Um, Ash Barty's mentor. Yep, um, and who, they're about to do a, a, a musical theatre. They are in Melbourne. Up, on and her. up here in Griffith. Are they going to do it here too? Yeah. Because she was born here. And and obviously. Born in Brelan? No, born here. She was born Bre- in Griffith. Bre- Brelan doesn't have a hospital. Yeah. Okay. So she would have been born yes. here and but she was grew up in Brelan. Yeah. Yep. But um, yeah, 14 Grand Slam titles, seven. Seven um, singles titles, four Australian, two Wimbledon, one French. Runner-up in the US four consecutive years. Um, one a heap of doubles as well. First mother in 66 years to win a singles title in, in 1980 Wimbledon. Three times the Fed Cup. World number one, 1976. How much money do you reckon she made in her career? <laughs> Not enough. A couple hundred thousand? Nah. <laughs> one point. For US, yeah, okay, million that is. But, but again, she's she's one that, subsequent to her her career, she's gone on to do wonderful things with um, yeah, yeah with, with Australians. Yep. Full yep. stop. Yep. Um, and continues to do so. So, so I picked I picked three people that are all um in international level, and two of them you've already mentioned, Kathy Freeman and Yvonne Gulagon Corley. So I'm not going to go through them because you've covered them really well. The other one I mentioned is Pat Mills, and now I'm a basketball fan, but I actually like what he does for his people as well. In recent times, um, on the back of the Black Lives Matter movement, he's given up all his wage to a program to develop Indigenous people to try and work through these cultural issues that they're struggling with. So I think he is a real, true Indigenous ambassador, current one, and there's many of them. There's 25 here that I've got, you've got, 
another hundred there, Kel. Actually, you could think of another hundred as well. They're extreme athletes at every sport, aren't they? Oh, the Paddy Mills is—he's brilliant. I remember yeah. watching that that game down, um, yeah, in in Melbourne. Yeah, played the, the US. Yeah, the, yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, he's really qualified. Interesting. Paddy Mills only got into the AIS because Scott Pendlebury decided yes. to follow a football career. Yeah. True story. Oh, Mills took Pendlebury's spot. Oh, really? Yeah. There you go. I didn't know. True that. story. My mate of my mate of mate of mine and I, Tim and I, took a team from Maitland to the to Canberra, and we played. Uh, we got a whole week basically. We spent at the Institute of Sport, and we got to live. what it was on well, wasn't quite a week, but we lived the life of a a team at the Institute of Sport, and we played a series of trial games. One of those games was against Canberra. The it was the Siebel team. Guess who played? Paddy Mills. Mills. So it was before he went to the um, the drafts or whatever, however he got over to America. Oh, before he went to college, sorry. And the other guy was a guy called Nathan Jawa. He's this big, um, six ten. He plays up in Cairns now. But he's he was uh, he played for us as a guest in against Paddy Mills' team. And I have great um, vision in my head, and well, I think we filmed it. They threw a big alley oop and he came along the baseline and jumped over everybody like it was. It was so big and like he was a big man as well, and he just leapt above him and just dunked. It was just this phenomenal thing. It was really good, great experience. <laughs> I had an experience at the AIS once. We we were there um, trying out for the Australian under twenties team, and um, so we had a week or so there. Then we were scheduled to play the Japanese universities um, team that was touring. Yep. First game we played them in Canberra. Yeah, if you don't know volleyball, it, it's a best of five sets. So after three nil, it's over. They made us play the extra two because we got <laughs> beaten so quick in the first three. We were terrible. <laughs> they hadn't warmed up. Didn't work <laughs> they hadn't warmed up. <laughs> I, I didn't know where that story was going. To be yeah. <laughs> I was worried. So what about the? You know, we've covered some of the best sports people. What about the top AFL team, Graham Kelly? Top AFL team, and Axel would probably have a fair bit of comment on this. He knows rules better than I. Um, He's going to challenge all of the Hawthorne players, which will make up most of this squad, I bet. Well, there's only 22 in this team from Hawthorne, so... (laughs) (laughs) No, back line, I went uh, Chris Johnson, Daryl White, both Brisbane stalwarts, and David Wirrapunda from the West Coast. Okay, with that, Axel? Yeah, yep, yeah, no, yeah. He, was, he was very good football. Gavin Wanganeen, Adam Goods and Sean Burgoyne across the half-back line. Mm. Doug Nichols, um, who the Indigenous Rounds named after, and he did a bit of research, and he was only five Probably foot... Probably want to include him then. <laughs> five foot two, 65 kilos. Wow. And um, so to be that small and facing the the racism challenges he would have in 1935 to play 54 games for Fitzroy and four for Victoria. He must have been pretty special. Mm. Morris Rioli, a uh, um, Norm, Norm Smith medalist um, in the centre, and Michael Long on the other wing. <laughs> Nicky Winmar, half forward. Yep. Mickey O from the Swans, centre half forward. And the magical Cyril uh, Rioli, at, um, the other half forward flanker. Mark Williams, this could be a bit controversial. Very. <laughs> Buddy Franklin and Eddie Betts. Yeah, Eddie would have to be in there yeah. for sure. Yep. 
So who goes in instead of Mark? Uh, where's he playing? Forward pocket? Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Cracker. Jimmy Definitely. Cracker? Yep. yep. Mm. Fair, fair enough. Polly Farmer, Andrew McLeod and Barry Cable as your followers. Mm-hmm. And then Interchange. How many Hawthorne players? Yeah. <laughs> Chance Bateman. Oh, no. <laughs> Brad Hill. Two. <laughs> Scratch, scratch. Peter, Boy, Peter Burgoyne and Byron Pickett. Yep, no, good side. So who would you have? The, it might not be included. Well, Chance Bateman and Brad Hill would be lucky to get. Jimmy Cracker, um, definitely. Didn't you already have him included in the Pete, pocket? Yeah, you've, you've, yeah, you've sorry, trashed Mark but, Williams, yeah. So Peter Matera, who was a... You'd uh, have him on the interchange. Uh, I'd put him on the wing. Who'd you have on the wing? You're going to drop Doug Nichols or Michael Long. Uh, who's Ooh. your sentiment? Morris Rioli. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Peter Matera would have to be in there. He was Tough uh, squad, isn't all Australian. Um, yeah, you had Andrew McLeod, didn't you? Yeah, he was yeah. a follower. Yeah. Shaggy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah Matera yeah, no, no, would, would, would definitely go on to the interchange uh, instead of Bateman or Hill. Yeah, um, one of those Hawthorne. What about an NRL team then? NRL. NRL was actually when you look through it, is probably a higher. Well, there are more recognised Indigenous NRL players than than AFL. And, and really, yeah, yeah. Um, that's on maybe that's not saying, and maybe it's because the AFL don't have um, Australian teams, New South Wales teams, Queensland teams that sort of. Highlight players full stop. Um, I think you put them on a pedestal. Type yeah, thing. yeah. So yeah. Yep. I think there's more recognised mm. players in league full stop. Perhaps they stand league. out more in rugby league too. Maybe. Uh, I, wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't go I that mean, far. Some pretty, pretty darn good Indigenous AFL players. No, I, yeah. I know they stand out in AFL, but they, there's more of them. Is what I'm getting at. They don't. Yeah, there's more um, more competition. Yeah, for 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 oh, notoriety. You know? the, the other the other thing is, like, um, no matter indigenous um, or otherwise, there's only seventeen you're looking for in a NRL yeah. team, yeah. whereas twenty two to fill a. And there's there's some fantastic players that didn't make that list that Kill had. If you, you oh, know, we God. talked to you know Jeff Farmer and yeah. Leon Davis. He was on that. Polly Farmer was in it. No, Polly, no. no, Jeff. Oh, Jeff Farmer, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, there's, 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 there's so many different there, oh, there's, players there's, that could be in that list. There's no two ways about it. Yep. Yeah, 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 I mean, you, you had just to go and have a look Motlop at Motlop boys. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, the list Travis Varco. Yep. Um, go and have a look at the Indigenous um, team of the century. Yeah. And they have a look at how many of those blokes in that team aren't in there. So, yeah. <laughs> there's some good players. Right, so, NRL. NRL. I reckon. Um, uh, who's your fullback? Greg Inglis. And who would who would rival him? Do you think Eric Sims? Yeah, so you're going back a long time. So current days, I mean, I, I haven't seen many better than Greg, Greg Inglis. Uh, yeah, um, Matty Bowen. Yeah, yeah, he was good. He was a good player and for North Queensland. David Peachy. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, good. He was good. Nathan Merritt was a a winger. winger. Um, yep. Nathan Blacklock was a winger too. Yeah, um, good. But Ricky Walford could, could both play fullback. Remember um, Ricky Walford for St yeah. George? He was yeah. great. Kenny Nagus. Yeah, Kenny Nagus. Yeah, wow. Um, but anyway, so on on your wings, you got Chicka Ferguson. 
mm-hmm. and Larry Corroy. Yep. Centres, Steve Renouf and Steve Eller. So no Mal Meninga? No. Mal is actually of South Sea Island descent on a bit of research. Right, so he's more Polynesian. Say, yeah, it doesn't say Indigenous Torres Strait Islander. Oh, so okay. I ruled yep. Mal out for... For that reason, a bit like Mal Michael, I was keen to put him in the AFL team, but he's um, actually from PNG, which is mm. stone's throw yep. from the Torres Strait, obviously. But yep. missed, so Mal misses for that reason. So five eight, uh, Laurie Daly. Yep, I'd argue Cliff Lyons. Oh yeah, honourable mention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to put Cliffy on the yeah, bench at least if he doesn't yeah. get the number six Guernsey. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> right, number seven, JT. JT over Scotty Prince. Yeah, yeah definitely. Been a few, um, yeah, Tricky Trindle and Ewan mm. McGrady, a few other yep. halves floating around, but no one comes close to JT. Artie, captain, Preston coach. Campbell. Is he fullback? Fullback? Mm. He's, no, on, he's on the bench. He's, he's your utility. Yeah, he was great for his size, Preston Campbell. Incredible. So Artie Beetson and big Sammy Backo. <laughs> a great big front row. Yeah. Just for the interviews on the field afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> they dropped the F-bomb. The yeah. <laughs> mobile pack. Yeah. Um, Jake Friend's the hooker, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Who would rival him, though? Mal Cochran? Oh, no. No, no. When no. did Mal Cochran ever play Who for Who would Roosters? be his competition? Mal Cochran? Yeah, Mal Cochran would be... Is there any other... Trade. Is there any others? Indigenous hookers. Um, Wendell Saylor. <laughs> no, <laughs> no pimping, pimping yourself out doesn't mean they're a hooker in rugby league. Yeah, um, <laughs> Benny Barber. <laughs> oh man, he was a great fullback for his. Yeah, he, 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 yeah, it was incredible. Yep, yeah, yeah. um, golden run, didn't he? Back rowers pick themselves. The raging bull and um, Gordon Tallis and yep. Sam Thayday. Yeah, probably Ronnie Gibbs. I would like to have got him in there. Mm. Because he was a nutcase. He yeah. was mad as a meat axe. <sighs> and you lock Greg Bird, probably beats out Andrew Fafida. Yeah. Who can play prop or you know, play in that middle role. Mm. He's a bit busted at the moment, isn't he, Andrew Fafida? Yeah, I think he might be coming to Close the end. To the end. Yeah. He's a big unit. So the bench. He's mobile. Yeah. The bench I had Preston Campbell, Wade Graham, yeah. Dean Witters. Yep. And the mighty Eric Ferguson. <laughs> Fergo. So a local guy. Any, anyone yeah. from Griffith would know Fergo. A nicer <laughs> guy you wouldn't meet. If you ever played touch footy, he ref he probably still ref and touch yeah. footy, I'd reckon. Yeah. Um terrific guy. Yeah. Local. I mean that's a pretty good team. I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head that wouldn't be in that team. So um Justin Hodges, Latrell Mitchell. Oh yeah. Unlucky Dale Shearer. Latrell Mitchell. Uh, hang on. Who was oh, it? Steve Ella and and Steve, Steve Renouf. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't kick one of them out. Yeah. Actually, you'd, so you did. So Wendell Sailor mm-hmm. didn't get a run in in my second team. So no, well, over Chica and no, but back to back to where Blake we Ferguson, started. Blake Ferguson, Dale Shearer in the second team. Wendell. Didn't we say Lottie Takiri? You said uh, that Nova Paris Nemo was the only representative in two no, sports. First, first. Oh, first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I'd pick Wendell Sailor over. Uh, those other two in the second team. I thought Dale was actually pretty Over good when he played. Dale done nothing. Over <laughs> what? Dale done nothing. Cheer up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a great player, but oh, I'd pick, he, he I'd won pick about six 
origins yeah, on his I own. I think he's more of a fullback than a winger. So yeah. I'd pick Sailor over. Who was the other one that you said? You can have uh, over Ferguson. Oh, yeah, I'd yeah. definitely pick him over him. Yeah. Yeah, he was a great player. He he, he revolutionised wingers' play. Him and Lottie Takiri bringing the ball out from their own line, there was no better. None better. Yeah, Never has yeah, been. They, were, they yeah. were scary when they were oh, they playing like, together. I, 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 I reckon they, yeah. they followed a couple of Melbourne, uh, Brisbane fullback, uh, fullback wingers. wingers. Hancock. Doing the same. Hancock and Willie yeah. Kahn. Played similar, but they were better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they were yeah, bigger. They were. Yeah. They, they were bigger. When they started putting second and rowers quick. on the wing. <laughs> yeah, much. they could have, yeah. Played, could have both played second row. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. They tried it, um, Sailor, at one stage. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. you know what they used to say about wingers? <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Yeah. They were the blokes that used to hang around with footballers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this week there's been, um, well, in the last couple of weeks, a, a lot of story about um, Rinko <laughs> Graham Kelly's just uh, celebrating because Hawthorne are up 6-0 over Port Adelaide. Won't last. Won't last. <laughs> we'll take small victories at the moment. Yeah, Brisbane Broncos coach Anthony Seabell has been targeted, uh, been the target of slanderous and false comments on social media. And I thought today we'd talk about social media trolling and you know, how we manage or how they manage it. Um, not proven yet. We'd, not we'd, proven either way. We haven't seen what the comments are. No. No, we haven't. Even with your connections, Cotto, in the... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to repeat on the air what I've in the heard. In un- the underworld. Because <laughs> oh, no, so no, you, no. you do know? No, no, no. I've heard... I don't I've, knows. He no, knows no, no. the bloke who sent them. No, no. I've heard what the... Oh, well, I've heard what the rumours are. <laughs> wasn't yeah. you, was it? <laughs> no, no, I'm not interested in doing that sort of stuff on social media, that's for sure. I'll do it behind the scenes, but not on social media. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, look out. Yeah, can we have next week's bet on Hawthorne Hawthorne. now? (laughs) (laughs) So the NRL, you know, they have the power to seize phones if if it ever gets to that. Um, Seabold's engaged cybersecurity experts and believes there are about 90% chance of pinpointing who or what the source was. There's an allegation going that there was an ex-coach and family member and Identities, identities linked to the NRL. Current NRL. Yeah. So it, it, it has the potential to be you know, a massive story if it ever breaks. And Paul Kent said on um, NRL 360 the other day, it could be the biggest story if it's you know a powerful person. So it would be interesting to see how that all develops. Other security experts say there's no way they'll ever find out if, if the people who did it are clever enough they should be able to cover their tracks. We're talking about league players. Yeah, that was my next point. <laughs> There's no covered tracks. <laughs> Patrolling is a problem. Uh, if you think back to AFL player Taylor Harris, um, you know she was uh, received hate comments, etc. You might remember the kick like a girl movement that floated around at that particular time in response. She's a 22-year-old professional boxer and AFL player, and she's just been she you know she received her. Uh, fair share of bullying and trolling. We've talked about um, Ash Barty earlier about the way she handled herself. I tell you what, this young girl handled herself fabulously during that period of time as well. It's come out the other side much stronger. Yep. And um, anyway, so what I want to discuss with you guys is, you know, how is cyber bullying um, impacting not only on uh, society but sporting teams and individuals in particular. And how can the leagues or society manage this going forward? 
Big question, huh? It's a big, big question. Yeah. So from a, an individual perspective, I think it, it's always going to be there. Um, social media is here to stay. Um, and if... if Bullying's know, always been here too. Bullying's so, yeah. always been here. And yeah, we the tall poppy syndrome. Used to, you know, we used to knock down everybody at the top. It's Australians. You know, when someone reaches the top... Australians have always notoriously tried to knock them down. Yeah, and and everyone's always going to be entitled to their opinion. Um, now, it depends what you call bullying or yeah, not, I, I don't know. But if you don't want to, uh, you know, the, the professional sports people, unfortunately, are always going to be in the spotlight and there's always going to be people that have an opinion. Um, and if you, if you don't want to know about those opinions or whatever, you, you stay away from social media. I think that's a yeah, given, to, yeah. to be honest. So let's just look, just touch on what you just said there. So cyberbullying is where someone bullies another person online, i.e. social networking sites, or by sending emails or messages using a phone or computer. Cyberbullying can cause serious problems for anyone involved, and in some cases it can be a crime. What are the effects of being bullied? Four common long-term effects of being bullied are depression and anxiety, low self-esteem, actually there's only three, <laughs> loss of trust, and to me this is the worst because it's the hardest one to overcome. Once you lose trust, it's very difficult to gain back. Is that Think bullying or being married? Geez, <laughs> 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 I hope Carol listens to this. This is 49 minutes in, Carol. <laughs> I'll make sure she gets that comment. Um and some interesting facts about cyberbullying. The most common types online, uh, say mean comments, so 22.5%. Did you know 35% had uh, of young people had s- sent a screenshot of someone's status or photo to laugh at them? So 61% of teens report that they've been bullied and it was because of their appearance. 56% of them say online harassments... Um, uh, have reported that they've been harassed on Facebook and 7 out of 10 young people experience cyberbullying before the age of 18. Not just kids, so it goes on. So 35% online trolls target people on social media, 23% prefer trolling people on YouTube and then adults. So research says young adults experience uh, between the ages of 25, uh, 18 and 25 experience high levels of cyberbullying Um it goes right up. Twenty four percent of twenty six to thirty five year olds, thirteen to forty six to fifty five year olds, seven percent of sixty six plus year olds. So everybody cops it. Doesn't matter what age group. So it's a societal issue, isn't it? Yeah, I've never say. been cyber bullied. You you're not on social media. <laughs> yeah, I don't have Facebook, Snapchat, anything. But that that's how that's mucking. So Kelly, to- Kel, Kerry told me that you do have a uh, Facebook page. You've just got under some. <laughs> Don't tell the NRL. Don't tell the NRL. We need to find out the username and password. (laughs) Maybe she's been posting stuff on your behalf. But you don't think you're on. (laughs) It's a societal issue. Um, And look, I've got um, kids. One's just just got through it. Her um, teen. uh, It's a big no-no. And um, I've got. Uh, one that's uh, 17 um, and 15-year-old. And thankfully they haven't run across it too much, but that, there's been problems along the way. And 
it's it's about teaching some resilience to them and also try, this is a difficult thing and the societal thing is trying to teach them to respect other people online or offline it, it's it's a, the same what what do you reckon there's so much negativity like i find it's like a cesspool for negativity everyone gets on there just wants to moan and groan and focus on you know conspiracies or all this sort of stuff. It's just all this rubbish on there. It's none the, It's hard to find the positive stuff. What, what what is bullying too though? I guess you're right. I think because someone doesn't have to look someone in the eye and mm. have the threat of getting a punch Hide in, behind punch, keyboard punch in the head. Don't they call them keyboard warriors? Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. So that that's that promotes people to be braver than they might otherwise be. Yeah. But all just back to what we're talking. What is bullying? Because if you look on some of the football team forums. Um, you look on game day, and if if your team's doing poorly, some of the things that get said about yeah. champion yeah. players, yep. they're writing them off. He Qu- should be dropped. Yeah, you name it. Adam Goods. Yeah. Oh no, that, that's, that's probably a bit. Probably that, different. That's different. It was a bit different. That, it wasn't social media, but it was still no, no, no. Yeah, and, and, and probably very relevant with the the indigenous round. Yeah. Um, but. Like, is that bullying? Is is people venting because their teams... Uh, that's the sort of stuff, I think. Like you said, Axel, if you can't take that... you got to stay go, away go from away. social media. Yeah. If they don't... Like, if you're a player that's, you know, had a bad game or whatever, the last place you'd go is <laughs> onto one of those yeah, football yeah, forums yeah, because yeah. they're going to say, why they pick that guy? He's useless yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And if that's going to put you in a, a position where you're feeling depressed or whatever and you start worrying about it and you can't sleep mm. and you name it then don't go near it because, unfortunately, that's – I don't think you're ever going to get this rid of This is how that. young people are growing up, aren't they, through social media? It's yeah. everywhere. Um, the, only, the only thing I heard someone – I think it was Benji Marshall said the other night, um, you know, they, the hair's a brand, right? Yeah. What, what, the Benji Marshall brand, for the lack of a better word. And so he has to focus on that for his sponsors. So he has to keep promoting on social media. Unfortunately, he gets trolled. His answer is, all I do is use one thing. The block. The block, yeah. And just yep. keeps them away. There's three ways, though, I read somewhere to survive cyberbullying, so it's never to eradicate, just surviving it. So be an upstander. So if you ever receive something that's hurtful or whatever, do something about it, report it, cut them off, whatever it is. Uh, limit your time sharing online. And thirdly, just take a break from um, anything to do with social media or digital in general. So that's easy and enough. But in a workplace or in a, in a football setting where probably they've got their own little groups, Snapchats, whatever, it's probably a little bit difficult at times. It's hard too. Like the, the, the footballers and certainly um, it was a coming out with the Seabold thing was um, talking about getting death threats. That's that's when you start to go, oh, that, that's, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that should be a crime. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But again... And it may end up it, being, it, yeah. It, but if you're clever enough as those... Cyber guys say mm. they can't find you. Yep. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that develops. We'll keep an eye on it over the next couple of weeks. So that, that's pretty much our discussion to go for this week, guys. Went pretty well. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank it's you, in Jess. depth as usual. So are we, we going to do a, a one last weekly wage or get Kel to do it or are we going to say mine was just, it? Oh, God. Just lost <laughs> you. If, you, if you and I are betting twice a week, that's just drain the account. We'll save it for next week. Save it for next week. What's next week's so topic? Next Got week's it. topic, uh, we'll cover grassroots. We just sort of brushed over it earlier. 
and uh, we'll look at the cost of COVID from a grassroots perspective right through to the pros and what are the long-term impacts that may come from this. Looking Thanks again, guys. It's been great. Thank you, gents. Talk to Thanks, you next guys. week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Three Grams in a Mic podcast. Don't forget to connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.